First all-season episode of the Six Group Sixers Group Therapy Podcast, where we are breaking our silence for the first time since all four of us predicted the Sixers in six, which obviously did not happen. I know everyone has been waiting to hear our takes on the playoffs and the season as a whole, and of course, where we go from here into the off-season which is where, you know, we really shine. So I am your host, Alex Wynn, and although we do not have fan favorite June 1, we do have the one of us that has been itching for this type of podcast, even before the playoffs ended, even before the playoffs started. That is Vlade Dibach, a.k.a. Dave DeBacco. How are you, Dave? I'm great. I'm thrilled to be here. Long time coming. Let's get after it. <laughs> and last but not least, we have our salary cap expert. <laughs> that is J.B. Mudlands. Five-time All-Star John Wall secures buyout with Houston Rockets. No, that's that just happened. Ah. We, did you just break that on the pod, Joe? <laughs> 40 seconds ago. No you heard, hear, you heard it here first on Sixers Group no there. No way. Breaking news. Uh, who broke it, Joe? Assuming Crispy Haynes got it right. Wow. How much? Can we can we start there real quick? I mean, Absolutely. Lakers and Clippers. Lakers, Clippers, Celtics are like the three contenders that need a point guard. So I would expect John Wall to go to one of those teams and Kemba Walker to also go to one of those teams. Not the Celtics because that, that they already tried that. But uh, I could see Kemba and John Wall going to the Lakers and the Clippers. But I would like – either of those guys as our backup point guard. I think that would be beautiful. So, uh, yeah. Oh, man, it feels good to be back on the pod. I love it. I love How it. How old is John Wall? I'm going to switch that up right now. How old? I think he's only like 31. That's 31. crazy. It's spot on. 32. Dude, and he's been like doing nothing but working out the last two years. I mean, he's got to have some some lift in him, right? He's got to have some 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 game left in him. I feel like it's been longer than that. When's the last time we seen him play? Did he play for Houston? He did a little bit, right? Yeah, very briefly. Very tiny. Yeah. We haven't seen him play like very competitively in a while, right? Wow. John Wall was born in 1990. Unreal. Yeah, I could I could see Celtics. I could see I could see Clippers. I could definitely see Lakers if they get rid of Russ. Yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe some I could see him going to the Heat or maybe Mavs. No, they had Dave Brunson. Um yeah, who knows? It depends if he's going to go for a combination of money and role or is he going to chase that ring. But like you say, he's only 31 years old, so yeah, we'll dude. see. John Wall going to the Celtics kind of scares me, actually. I believe that John I'd Wall that. probably probably has got something something left in the tank, and uh, I'd hate to see him on, on Boston. Would love to see him as the Tyrese Maxey Kentucky backup, the Kentucky vet with the Kentucky. I don't think he'd ever do it. <sighs> I don't think he's going to do a backup role right now. I think he's going to go for a combination of contention starting. He'd probably start for the Celtics, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe probably. Marcus Smart off the bench, which is probably like his oh, that's kind of his dope. ultimate spot, you know? Um, I hate that because that's the yeah. one thing people were saying about the Celtics in the finals. They didn't have a true point guard because uh, their offense did go stagnant a few times. Oh, man, I hope that doesn't happen. Fuck. Yo, who tweeted that? that? wasn't Woj or Shams. 
unless yeah. they blocked me. Chris Haynes, who got a couple draft picks wrong. So, wow, Haynes, that was a really bizarre situation. So, because he was basically sitting out, and the Rocks were like fine with it. And I'll tell you what, the next uh, collective bargaining agreement is June just texted to us. <laughs> June, June, who cannot podcast because he's at the bar with with the Slim Reaper. He's at a, he's at Fireside, uh, wow. putting down some drinks. Uh, just texted us that uh, that exact tweet that Joe's referring to. So yeah, we start off with a splash. John Wall on a buyout. We'll see where he goes because the off season is it's here and free agency is in a few days. So we will certainly get to that. So guys, we're gonna go back to. First of all, how's how's everyone doing? How's life? No Sixers. It's kind of nice. I miss them. <laughs> I'm ex- yeah, I'm I'm all the way. I'm excited again. I'm excited again. I've got the bad taste has been washed out of my mouth, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll kick us off. We will, you know, season ended in disappointing fashion. You know, we can get into all that, but I'd like to preface by saying I went back and listened to the uh, James Harden podcast that we did when Nuge got back from Costa Rica and uh, none of us actually in our hearts picked the Sixers to win the title this year because no team has ever won the title the same uh, doing a mid-season blockbuster trade like that so I'd like to start with that and uh, clearly that's how it played out bounced in the second round by Miami I still think that when it's bad, it's bad. We know that they roll over and die if they get punched in the mouth, which is less than ideal when you have that much star power or talent. But um, when it's good, it's great. I mean, those the first two weeks of the trade were real. The flashes beyond that were real. They beat Toronto. Yeah, there was the scare that we were going to blow the 3 nothing lead to Toronto, but they didn't. And the three of the four wins were absolutely dummy smacks, 30 to 40-point blowouts, and they looked fucking great. And – if MB doesn't get cracked in the face, I, Toronto is better than Miami. I don't care what anybody says. We would have been at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I, the, no bullshit. You know, the way MB was playing and Maxi is just a beautiful young man. And they, they would have at least gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals. And who knows from there. So, uh, I'm optimistic. And um, how about you, Nooch? I'm kicking it to you, Nooch. How you feeling? Um, so... The beginning of our conversation, I will say, was a mixture of like, it was kind of nice not having them around. And it's like, that one, like you said, we all kind of knew they weren't winning the championship this year. We did see flashes and that kind of warped our, you know, feelings toward a playoff run. And we did, like you said, three out of four games versus Toronto were complete blowouts. So, you know, it's you always get caught up as a fan. But I think deep down we knew this wasn't the year, especially with our, our depth. And just there's just not enough MB breaking his face, you know, and there's just when your two stars aren't up to par, like the, the rest of your team's got to be, you know, amazing. So like it, it hurt initially. I think I got it over it quicker than I would typically um, was enjoying life about the Sixers. But now I think I'm where JB is. I think I missed them. Like I think for a while I try to move on, get to new hobbies. I did a few home improvement projects. Yeah. You know, and then I just like my entire personality is the Sixers. Mm-hmm. It sucks, but it is what it is. So yep. I miss the Sixers. I'm excited for the off season. Um, 
I think it, it's important to point out that it would have been really, really tough for them to win a championship this year with, with the, with the massive overhaul of the, the, you know, middle of the season and, and all that stuff. So uh, where I'm at is excited for the off season. How about you, JB? I think you have some selective memory. Ben Harden <laughs> shot the ball almost as much as Ben Simmons in like the fourth quarter in the playoff. It was, it was, it went, it was ugly. Why do you do that? It almost felt like it, it was hopeless, like, like bubble playoffs, but we're, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm always excited going into a year, and I could tell myself that he was hardened, was fat and hurt, lingering injuries, thrown in under the fire in the middle of the season. And I mean, I like yes, we were hopeless, but our lack of depth was yeah. No, no one predicted us getting past probably the second round, and we were spot on, unfortunately. Um, but we're in the best part of the offseason. Even when we have no money and no picks, the offseason is still the most fun thing part of the season. It's the best. Well, you know, when, when free agency starts, it's just like a, a marathon and a sprint. You know, Twitter's going crazy. It's the funnest, it's the funnest part of the offseason. Uh, JB, since you brought it up and I was going to get to it, uh, I wanted to ask each of you, like, uh, because that James Harden ending was bad. You're right. And uh, we were going to – I was going to get to it, you know. Um, but I'm just going to ask you now since you brought it up, what is your – not what you're trying to convince yourself. What are your true feelings about James Harden going into next season? I think we could win with him. I don't think he can turn back the clock. And, I mean, I still see, like, Twitter highlights from these, like, weirdly obsessed – Harden's fan accounts when the game I mean he did against us he put up like 40 50 points and I don't think he was ever like a a knockdown three-point shooter but when you shoot like 12 of them you're bound to hit four um it it didn't even look like that um but we have him he's not alone we haven't been we have Maxi. sounds like we're gonna have his running mate PJ Tucker somehow I don't know. Mm. Yep. Then we run it back. Mm. Uh, you know, like you said it already. It's almost like a sick joke that Ben Simmons had like what, like four shot attempts in the fourth quarters of the entire Hawks series and no points in the last two games in the fourth quarter. And then James Harden goes out and has no points in the last two fourth quarters of the series. It's that's is that, is that right? That's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Say that again for our listeners. So uh, Ben Simmons, and his last two fourth quarters as a sixer, zero points. We go out, we get James Harden because, you know, he's a shooter or a gunner or a scorer or whatever. And James Harden's last two fourth quarters as a sixer so far in the playoffs, zero points. Last two or three fourth quarters? Two. Yikes. Because uh, game four was the one where we saw a little bit of, you know, classic James Harden where he turned back the clock a little bit. He did. So, Dave, he has a player option. We don't know what he's doing yet. They could either he could either opt into this next year for forty-seven million, I think, and then there's some whispers that he'll sign a two-year extension, or he could opt out and do a three-year extension. So, with all that in mind, what are your feelings, James Harden? What do we do with James Harden? 
So um, I have a lot to say right now. I'm going to try to break it down, condense it, and, and uh, break Go it into a few, few quick hits. First and foremost, um, I'm going to take, take, uh, take us on a, a quick guided meditation. I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to bring you back to a simpler time. Uh, February of 2022, the last game in Milwaukee before the All-Star break. Um, James Harden is here. He's on the bench. He has not played yet. Um, we are kind of get, getting the business from the Bucks in the second quarter. And uh, James Harden goes over to a young Tyrese Maxey and says, you're going to play tonight or what? And uh, Tyrese Maxey proceeds to explode. And combined with an MVP performance from Joel Embiid, we win that game and ride high into the all-star break. That is, that is the James Harden, and that is the Tyrese Maxey that we are going to get going forward. I'm all in. I'm here for it. And um, this is the next evolution of Harden. He's Yeah, this is the Houston Harden of efficient, explosive scoring is gone. But um, we desperately need a playmaker, a willing shooter who with the, you know, aside from the those last two fourth quarters, which, uh, you know, I hate to hear he's still, you know, capable and he's still going to, you know, have his vintage games once in a while and ultimately just, you know, help facilitate the offense and, and coach up Maxi and continue to give him confidence. Maxi's our guy. I mean, he's going to I believe he's going to take that year three leap and average 28 points a game next year and be like a legitimate franchise player, perennial all-star. So I'm banking on that. And I'm banking on uh pardon to be like uh Ginobili, you know, just kind of like that lefty playmaking two guard that can score. And, uh, but ultimately just kind of fit in and, and be the glue guy and, you know, hopefully get uh, healthy this summer and a little bit in better shape. Um, and uh, you know, I think that we are going to see him, my prediction, uh, for upcoming free agency here this week. I think we're going to see him opt out of his player option and re-sign a short-term deal, maybe three years for less money, like Toby money. Like, so here we're talking about PJ Tucker where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, there's been smoke about Harden signing a team friendlier deal and there's enough smoke about PJ Tucker in a three year, $30 million year. That's 10 million a year. Harden makes 47. Toby makes 37. There's a $10 million difference there. If Harden, opts out and signs a new short-term contract at Toby money, $10 million less. There's your $10 million for PJ Tucker. So that's my, that's my big uh, prediction. And uh, yeah, that's what I got for you. I have a conspiracy. New you're on mute. Uh, sorry. Were you going to say something, JB? I have a conspiracy of how we're going to land PJ Tucker. I love it. Let's hear it. Harden opts out signs for three years which means he has to take a pay cut mm-hmm. because he's definitely getting some some on the back end from fanatic the fin- <laughs> i mean i love it could that be could that be enforced like, i mean what wouldn't surprise the NBA me couldn't do anything right what, what's stopping them from announcing james harden is a three percent owner and whatever yeah. the fanatic or like him putting a family member, you know, like a sponsorship, something like that, you know, like a commercial advertisements. Mm. Hmm. I like that. I it love seems, that. It seems oddly timed. I mean, I, I did see in that. I like that. Into like NFTs and stuff, but JB, that's nice. I'm, I'm on board with that one. I like that a lot for, for those of you who, who don't follow uh, Michael Rubin, the owner of fanatics who just bought Mitchell and Ness. I don't know if you guys see that. No shit. Um, 
he uh, is selling his shares uh, with the Sixers, which is like, I don't know what the number was. I think it's like, he was a, he was a minority order, right? Um, yeah. So he's selling his shares because he's going to expand his business operations with Fanatics. Um, so maybe that is, I, I like that. That's, that's, yeah, that's uh, without knowing anything, you know, that's, that sounds legit to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, James Harden. Um, if I'm, if I'm putting my positivity hat on, uh, I would convince myself that, you know, midseason shakeup, uh, everyone was talking about how he didn't have a healthy off season last year with the hamstring and everything. So maybe, uh, a healthy, um, off season into next season, maybe he gets a little more pep in his step. Um, I do like that. I would love if he takes uh, a pay cut, which is, it seems like all those signs are, are pointing to him taking some sort of pay cut, um, how much to be determined. Uh, but that would show that, I mean, the Sixers don't have a choice anyway. We have to bring him back, even if we didn't want to, if, if he was even worse than he was in the playoffs, we, we were bringing him back after everything in the Ben trade. So, uh, but it shows that he may be a little self-aware or maybe he's committed to, you know, getting more pieces in with us. PJ Tucker is a rumored guy, his, his old teammate, you know, so um, that's where we are with him. And uh, hopefully things work out, but we'll see. Uh, guys, do you think uh, kind of rehashing the playoff series of Miami, think it's worth the time or are we already? Uh, on? I don't think so. What's oh. dead is dead. <laughs> can What's I ask you, real, can I ask you too real quick? Who, uh, do you like some kind of ranking one, two, three? Who do you blame most for that series loss? Um, I blame. I mean, I think we lost because Embiid was not right. Can we, do we blame Embiid for that? I guess so. I mean, if Joel Embiid is not injured, I believe he is. You know, we, we win the series easily, and uh, he was not healthy. So I have to blame Joel Embiid being injured is my first reason that we lost. And then number two, I'd go James. I mean, that's, uh, you know, you got him as the next guy, the, 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 and him and Embiid are your one, two punch and Embiid's down. So Harden has to step up and he came up short and then, uh, three, we'll go with, uh, Dr. Rivers just because he deserves blame always. JB. Um, Embiid and I'm, I'm setting aside Embiid injury. Um, Harden, Doc, and Daryl. Daryl. Daryl gave us DeAndre Jordan, who Doc refused to not play until his I don't don't know the right term, but like he he waited like three extra games to play him because he didn't want the fans to be right. And then it was so obvious about how right everyone in the world was except him doc but for some reason that was daryl signing maybe it was james harden said i want him and you kind of had to give him what he wanted but ugly our depth was ugly oh wait and i blame matisse that loser just uh, yeah he's gone he's in my spoiler alert he's he's out of here in, in vladdy's fake trade first play, first plane out of town Thursday, 6 p.m. He's gone. They're going to have to take down that mural on Garage. <clears throat> sure are. I, uh, I think I agree with basically a combination of, of your twos, your, your list. Uh, I think the obvious is Embiid being not 100% and 
you could blame a lot of people for that. You could blame Siakam. You could blame Doc for keeping him in. Unfortunate things just happen. It's just being a Philly sports fan that happens um, is what it is. And then I, I Harden, I, I think I you got to put those two up front because when you look at the Warriors and the Celtics and where they got this year, if, if your two stars are playing uh, like they should, that's what happens. They, you get, you get that far, you know, if, as, if your two players, like, and we call it, we kind of saw a little bit in, in the finals where Tatum was struggling. If, if you're, if your stars aren't playing up to par, you probably don't have a chance. So uh, that's my first two. And then a combination of doc because he's an idiot and he's still here and I'm not, a, I'm not happy about it, but you know, Daryl's keeping them for whatever reason. And then Daryl definitely needs some blame because of, you know, depth and DeAndre Jordan and allowing Glenn Rivers to play him. Um, but, you know, I, I try to give him a benefit of doubt because he had such a weird situation with Ben Simmons that you can't really, you know, focus on the role players when you have such a weird piece still on your team and trying to land a blockbuster. And, and to his credit, he did get James Harden, who, you know, was a was a little disappointing in the playoffs, but we've seen flashes. So hopefully we, you know, we see that moving forward. Um, so with that, let's move on. Let's go, let's go deeper into the offseason. We did mention a few things, including PJ Tucker, which I think has a weird amount of smoke to it before the beginning of free agency. Oh, like, it's a it's done been... deal, dude. It's he's <laughs> PJ Tucker is going to be a 76er. I did learn, and I'm not thrilled about it, but he's 37 years old, which which feels crazy. <laughs> Like if he signs a three-year, thirty-million-dollar deal, he's going to be making ten mil at forty at age forty. How do we feel about that? I don't feel good about that. I mean, maybe for next year and possibly the year after, but like I don't know. I think that feels like it could blow up. I don't like three years for a thirty-seven-year-old at ten million. But if the salary cap keeps going up, ten million dollars gets cheaper and cheaper. So, and maybe that's a you know salary we can throw into a trade at some point. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's not a bad thing. Thirty-seven just sounds bad. Maybe it's um, maybe it's one of these like third year is team option deals. Mm, I like team options. I'd be like, love team I'd, options. I'd be pretty pumped about that. I just don't get how we would do this with Toby. Not monetarily. Are we really gonna like bring him off the bench behind Toby? We're not playing Toby at the three. Oh, real quick. Sorry, JB, to cut you off, but I mean, JB broke the news. I planted the seed of John Wall to one of the LA teams. We got John Wall planning to sign with the Clippers. Wow. There you go. That's kind Special. of awesome. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Whoa. John Wall to the Clippers, baby. That's fucking kind of dope. I like that for the Clippers I'm, a lot. I'm as happy as not the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, same. That's dope. Healthy John Wall with a healthy Kawhi and healthy Paul George. That's good. And then what if what if Kevin Durant demands a trade? Paul George for Kevin Durant. What? Well, no, mentioned Kyrie. Yeah. Brooklyn off the back in. Brooklyn safe for now. Sorry to JB. I didn't mean to hijack you there. No, Please. Okay. Right back you. to you. It's Sixers group therapy. We're breaking news. <laughs> for all it. you here tomorrow morning. <laughs> Sorry, JB. Go. I, I don't think I had anything. I just said maybe it's three years, 30 million, all guaranteed. I can't see that being his market value. That dude would be 40 years old collecting 10 million. There can't be many of those contracts out there. I think um, you made a great point though. Um, Tobias Harris. Like it just doesn't oh, yeah, I forgot. make sense in my head to have both of them on the team. And, uh, you know, 
or to have, unless you have PJ Tucker come off the bench, which doesn't, you know, increase your like bench what, depth. 20, 20 minutes? I mean, whatever. I guess you could. I mean, I just can't. To PJ or not, I can't believe we would run it back. <laughs> we weren't winning. We didn't get hurt. They were playing uh, Boston and Golden. We were beating. We might have beat Miami. Yeah, we were beating Miami. That's that. That was my case. That was my my case. Golden State, Boston. No. It was like watching the NBA after watching like a I don't know Lithuania play. <laughs> a whole different sport. Yeah, I, I think if MB was 100, percent I think, I think there's a decent chance we take Miami. I think Boston would have wiped the floor of us, though. If I'm being serious, yeah, I think they would have destroyed us. Um, but yeah, I mean, so so many whispers about. Uh, there's been like three or four reports about three or thirty for PJ Tucker, and and by the way, for his age and that, I I don't feel great about it. <laughs> the Philly sports and aging players never worked out. I mean, granted, he's not a high profile player and 10 million isn't what it used to be. Um, so, you know, he, Embiid asked for him like almost like personally. So, you know, maybe it's a little something for Embiid, but I'm just curious because if all these reports are coming out now, they have to have something in place, some kind of plan, either it's a, a, a you know, a salary dump or if it's like Dave suggested, Harden's taking a pay cut, like he's opted out taking a pay cut. They have to know something's in place if they're reporting three years, 30 for P.J. Tucker. To be determined, we'll see. Free agency starts on Thursday. Um, but if no one has anything to add about P.J. Tucker, we will go on to the next topic. Anything? Nope. No. All right. So draft day. Mm. The Sixers actually did as we expected. I don't think any of us thought they were going to pick at 23. Um, some rumors that they were trying to flip that and, and Thibel or someone for Eric Gordon turns out the price for him was way too high. And the Rockets, uh, ended up passing on a trade of us. So Maury goes and then trades number 23 and Danny green for DeAnthony Melton from the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, a Maury guy drafted when he was with the Rockets, uh, has a little dog in him, six, two, but decently athletic. Uh, an improving shooter, about 38% from three-ish. Um, has improved for his, like, his first four years, although I think he dropped a little bit last year, the 38%. Uh, but in the 40s, and catch-and-shoot threes, and I believe near 50% from the corner. So, fellas, your reaction to not only De'Anthony Melton, but the end of the Danny Green tenure in Philadelphia? I, I got to go. I got to go first, JB. Yeah. I love it. I'm uh, elated, you know. I um, first and foremost, Danny, tough knee injury, probably was not going to play. If he does play next year, it's not going to be until the end of the year. And uh, if we did keep number twenty-three, that rookie will never see uh, sniff the court under Doc Rivers. So we take two nothings for next year and turn it into a twenty-four-year-old dog. Dog. We've been saying we need dogs. We need guys that are scrappy, that play defense, that can rebound and get offensive rebounds and crash the glass. And they, he can shoot. He's got a jumper. He's got a nice looking catch and shoot jumper. And he can even shoot off the dribble a little bit. Um, and I love it. I love it. He's going to be here for a, he's on a fair contract, $8 million a year for the next two years. I believe he could be potentially be here for a long time. 
And um, Memphis Twitter is sad to see him go. I can't, I honestly had the same feeling that I had draft night 2020 when we traded Josh Richardson for Seth Curry. It's like, Ooh, that's a nice pickup. We stole this guy team friendly deal, really good shooter, but De'Anthony Melton plays defense and he's young again, he's only 24 years old. So he, uh, you know, fits the timeline with Maxi. He can play with either him and Maxi can play together. Him and Harden can play together. You just throw him in there with either guard and he fits perfectly and, I'm thrilled to have him. I think he's going to fill a huge role and and be a be an integral part of the uh, eight man, eight to nine man rotation. JB, your thoughts? I love the dude. All the all the Grizzlies players that were saying bye and seem genuinely sad. That makes me pumped for him to be here. We need another good person in the locker room because <laughs> we might have one on the way out. Who's that? Yeah, who's that? Nice. Like, knowing us, this will turn out to be false, but it it seems pretty likely that he will not – he can be on the basketball court in the playoffs, unlike more than half of our roster, it seemed like. Yeah, uh, a playable guy, uh, a playable card. And the playoffs is what we were really missing the last few years. Uh, Shake just doesn't have it. Uh, although he, he he showed a little promise or at least a little fight. Uh, Corkma's like, good luck. Um, so a third guard, the pair with Maxi and, and Harden, I like it because uh, we need some ball handlers and, and some shooters. So um, I like it a lot. I, I think you need to pick someone who's, you know, playoff ready where when we are where we are. When our we're in our windows, you know, not as wide as we we hope to be. Um, so to get someone instead of a rookie and someone who's playoff tested, like Memphis went toe to toe. A lot of that series without John Morant, with with uh, with the Warriors, I think they lost in six, I think, and that team won like fifty seven games with missing John Morant for like thirty of those games. So he's. He's, he's legit, and everyone's really sad to see him go uh, for on the Memphis side, so I'm happy to have him, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see a playable guard in the playoffs. What's up? Quick comments. When, we were on the, when I was on the way to the shore, I was getting a fix of Philly radio, which I don't anymore, hmm. Hmm. and it was like Daryl Morey has Furkan Korkmaz as the fourth or fifth highest player on this team. What a disgrace. And then I'm thinking back to when that deal was announced. We were like, wow, Furkan <laughs> gave us the hometown discount. He would have got so much more money. And I was like, oh, shit. I I still love that, dude. It's crazy how quick, like, the NBA is, like, players can fall off quickly. Like, you could think they're legit and they just don't keep improving, and all of a sudden he could be out of the league in a few years. I'm not saying it's going to happen with him, but you see it all the time with players you think are, like, you know, on a team-friendly deal, and they're just, like, not as good as you thought they were, so. Yeah, to give Doc a little credit, he he did let Furkan try to shoot out of it. He did. He, he did. Just, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so, hopefully, we have some improvements there. Um, we have a, a little over seven minutes left. Uh, real quick, I want to get to Vlade's fake trade. Mm. Um, what do you think is a realistic goal for the rest of the all season and will Toby be here? Answer those two questions for me. Yes, Toby will be here. And the goal is we need more D'Anthony Melton's. 
We need a Dan, the Anthony Mellon at every position. <laughs> JB. What was the second question? Uh, what's your, what's your goal for the off season? And will Toby be here? Um, Toby gone. And my goal. Yeah. Dave said it best. If that's the synonym we're using, we need players that can play basketball. And ideally like Melton, at least on paper, compliment our players. So Harden and Embiid, Maxie will figure it out because he's the best. But whoever can compliment Harden and Embiid, which means be ready to shoot and play defense. I still can't get over, like, the Pat Riley comment about the Miami roster construction. It's like, try hard and play defense. We have, like, four of those. Actually, no, we have, like, two. Embiid and Paul Reed? <laughs> At least Toby <laughs> tried hard. Listen, Toby, as much as we hate him, and it's that contract, which, you know, real right now, for the, like, we've been complaining about it, but right now is the first time it's truly rearing its ugly head. Like, we have absolutely no flexibility about this roster because of that contract. Uh, but he did find his role and uh, was really good. So, you know, if, if we are stuck with him and, you know, at least we – like, he, he showed up. He was Mr. Consistent all through the playoffs. He showed up. And uh, he starred in his role. And if he can, if we're stuck with him, if he can continue to do that, fine. You know, he definitely found himself there at the end. So at least there's that. Yeah. And I, I think he'll be here. I think it might be a year too early before teams are willing to take on his contract, but we will see. So with all that being said, uh, that's all I got. So Dave, you have a little over four minutes, 30 seconds because I'm right. too cheap to pay for <laughs> zoom premium. So, right. Dave, Claudius big trade. Go ahead. I'm going to try to beat the buzzer. We'll start with a basic three-teamer that I think is very realistic. And then if we have time, I'll inject some steroids and bring in a fourth team. So, as you guys know, my uh, I have a new obsession over the years. It's been Mario Hazonia, and then it was Patty Mills, and then Pat, still Patrick Beverly. And now it's Royce O'Neal of the Utah Jazz. I believe Danny Ainge is going to blow that team up. It's only a matter of time. There's been Gobert and Mitchell Smoke, and that's what Danny Ainge does. He guts teams and rebuilds them. And um, I think Royce O'Neal is gettable. I think he's DeAnthony Melton at the small forward position. His YouTube is beautiful. He's scrappy. He plays pissed off. He's kind of dirty. There were some highlights in the playoffs when he was kind of shoving Jalen Brunson and totally got in his head. And he hit a big three ball and shushed the crowd, and he, he talks shit and – Love them. Need them. Need them now. So um, a rebuilding team like Utah um, would love to take on a uh, project like Matisse Thibel, a young guy that plays the same position that has all NBA potential, but totally broken on the offensive end. Really good opportunity to go and play big minutes and then develop. So um, also, um, if Utah's blowing it up, they're also going to move Gobert for, I mean, you're not going to get young players and picks for Gobert. Uh, so who could use Gobert? Maybe a team like Atlanta, who's got one of the worst defenses in the league and a pick and roll point guard like Trey Young that could really play well with a big man like Rudy Gobert. And uh, who would they send out for Gobert? How about John Collins, who's a young, good player, 25 years old, that has been in nonstop trade rumors. Uh, so long story short, we have um, Matisse Thibel uh, going to Utah and George Niang going to Atlanta. We have Royce O'Neal coming back to Philly. So from our side, it, it's um, Thibel and Niang for Royce O'Neal. Um, Utah is sending out Rudy Gobert 
and Royce O'Neal, and they are getting back John Collins and Clint Capella and maybe a pick from somebody. And the Hawks, they give up John Collins and Clint Capella, and they get uh, Rudy Gobert, uh, their stud defensive big man, uh, pick and roll combo with Trey Young and George Niang, milkbag Niang. So, fellas, does anybody say no to that deal? Uh, I, don't I say probably the Jazz, um, but – you know, if, if they're rebuilding, which I, I don't know where their head is right now with, with Mitchell and Gobert. Um, if, if someone, I, Sixers obviously do it, Atlanta does it. Um, and it all depends on, on what the Jazz are thinking, but that's a legitimate haul for Rudy Gobert, who I think yeah. is way overpaid and overrated. JB, what do you think? Oh, you're muted, JB. You're muted, JB. I think the Sixers are fine. Yeah, I mean, I can't say anything different than Nuge. I mean, I think the Jazz have to blow it up. Those people hate each other, and they're not getting anywhere. Like they are stuck in Listen, mind. let me say, Rudy Gobert, we think Toby's contract is bad. Gobert's looking at 39 a year for four years. That's fucking so – if you can bring back John Collins, four years, $23 million, and uh, Thibel – and Clint Capella, who you could flip. Now we're we're, out, we're down to a minute, so maybe I'll, I'll save the, the steroid fourth team injection for another time. But Royce O'Neal, Royce O'Neal, Royce O'Neal, need him, need him, get him, gotta get him. Five for Royce O'Neal. Go get dogs. Him. Get some dogs in the roster, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Guys, that's all I got. Happy to be back. Good talking to you. We got the off season unfolding as we speak. And then we have free agency on Thursday, Thursday, 6 p.m. Be there. Let's go on Twitter. Let's go. Maybe, maybe, maybe a, a post free agency podcast in, in the coming days after that, too. Who knows? Maybe we're back. Maybe June will make time for us. Who knows? <laughs> Shout out. All right, fellas. We will talk soon. See you later. See you guys. Peace.